We are finishing, hard to believe, <laughs> finishing our, our series on spiritual gifts. Uh, I'm very thankful to have worked through each one of these gifts with you guys, and even just for myself, just have thought myself clear uh, on some of these things and studied in depth what the scripture has to say. Trust has been helpful for you. Um, but now that we've worked our way through the list, I want to try to wrap things up today with a few, like, maybe next steps or maybe you can think of it as, like, pastoral encouragements kind of out of this, out of this list. I didn't just want to finish explaining the gifts and just, like, and be done, you know? Um, like, now what do we do? I, I, I kind of might know where I'm gifted. Maybe not. Uh, so what, what do I do now? Uh, so I want to just, I know it's, like, terrible timing because it's the end of a semester, right? And a lot of you are going back home to different places, but... You can just think of this morning as some pastoral encouragement for the days to come, okay? And so how to really discover and use your gifts in the church. And Lord willing, I'll just be brief this morning and then open it up for other comments or questions. So uh, you guys hold me to that and we'll try to pace ourselves here and, and end around nine and give us a couple minutes for, uh, for some questions. So be thinking about that as we, we work through some of this. So I just want to give you, okay, this is going to be brief, okay, so don't panic, eight encouragements you're like, yeah, right. This is not going to be brief. Eight encouragements, um, eight final encouragements on the gifts and how to use them. All right? These are going to be really basic. We're not going to be turning around a lot. Very practical. So first one I would say is just be patient as you seek to clarify your gifts. Be patient as you seek to clarify your gifts. Going to jump right in here. You know, it's, it's easy after a series like this where we, you know, we dial in on these gifts and there's, you know, we look at them all. We look at uh, pitfalls and strengths and how to identify them. It's, it's easy to, to still finish the series and still be kind of unsure where you're gifted, right? And you think, That's, uh, like, if I, there's no hope for me then. If I go through 13 weeks and I don't know where I'm gifted, uh, you know, it's tempting to think that way. But don't. Don't be discouraged. I want to encourage you to be patient with the process. Because as you grow in Christ, as you mature here at the church, as you start meeting needs, wherever they are, your gifts are going to start to come out more and more. And that's the beautiful thing about these gifts. They're spiritually given to us by Christ, yes, but they also come out as we seek to just help other people. And that's because we naturally gravitate toward the areas that God has gifted us, right? It's like, it kind of makes sense. And we do that whether we recognize it or not. But even if you're not sure yet, that is okay. So just be patient. But notice that I said be patient and not passive, right? That's a difference, okay? It's because you're not going to discover or maximize your gifting by waiting around and trying to determine what the Lord has given you in a vacuum. Kind of just thinking about it by yourself. We've got to get busy meeting needs. And that's my second step would be, or second encouragement would be, look for needs around you and try to start figuring out ways of how you might meet them. And I'm talking about needs right here amongst your friends and boundless and in relationships, even as you're going home over the summer. And you think, okay, well, that sounds great, but what, what, what do you mean? Look for needs around you. Well, right now, the person sitting right next to you, yep, probably has a need. Uh, maybe. And if you're listening to that person, and you're thinking about them and not yourself, you'll probably start hearing those needs as they talk, as you get to know them a little bit. 
So, you know, and beyond the people that are just sitting next to you, there might be somebody that's even last boundless, you know, for the semester, might, might be new here today. Or when you get back in the fall, there will definitely be a lot of people then that are new. And it will be their first time. They might not know anybody, very few people. And that sounds like a need, right? You can get to know them. You can meet that need. And then let's say you take the plunge. You go up to that new person. You introduce yourself. And you find out they are indeed new, right, on that Sunday. They found us online. They decided to give us a shot. Well, there's another need. You're their only connection so far. They need more connections. And guess who is more connected between you and the new person? You are. So you can say, like, hey, I know a lot of people here, or more than you, so let me, uh, let me introduce you to some really great people, right? Then go help them make connections with other people because you're already connected. And then think about inviting them even to something with, with you and your friends, like after church, or if you're, if you're going to a, a meal, if you're going to somebody else's house for lunch and they've cooked food for you. Just be careful with that, okay? Just double check there before you bring, before you bring eight more people. Um, but I know some of you have stepped on some toes, okay? But uh, just be conscientious about that. But just think about getting people connected. We try to accommodate as many as we can, you know, at our house, and I know the Browns do too. All right, maybe during that course of that conversation, hypothetically, right, you realize that they're really hurting. They, you know, somebody just really gets real with you very fast, they express some deep things, and, and then you feel over your head. That never happens, right? It does happen. Well, there's another need. Well, now you can pray for them, and you might find out that you have the gift of encouragement or the gift of shepherding. Or you might find out you don't, right? But guess what you can do? You can take those people to somebody who does. You can go with them and say, hey, I know you don't know our pastor, I know you don't know Rich, or I don't know you don't know Christy or, or any of these other leaders, but I do, and these are, these are people who can help you, and I'll go with you. Um, this is a huge need in, uh, in your life, and let's, let's sit down with them together. We help each other. So that's just some ideas there about how you can write where you're at, even if you're not a member yet, like be on the lookout for needs around you, and as you do that, your gifts are going to start coming out. Okay. Third, if you're not a member, join the church. Okay, Join the church. I know most of you here are members, but it's important to emphasize this. We're not just trying to pad our numbers. As shepherds, we like to know who we are responsible to shepherd because we have to give an account for the per- people who we're responsible for to Christ. I'm not responsible for every Christian in Lynchburg. I'm not responsible for every college student. I'm responsible for boundless college students, people who have joined our church, and those are the people I'm going to have to give an account for. Um, And so membership is is basically you saying that you're committing to this church, you're putting yourself under our shepherding care, and then it's us saying that we commit to you as a body. And then even practically, well, this is a crucial third step here because it opens up a lot more opportunities for you to serve. Right? So you can do some things in boundless and kind of informally as a non-member, But really, if you're looking to get involved, and I'm going to tell you to get involved, uh, beyond Boundless, then you've got to be a member. Uh, That's sort of the next next phase. And you can start that application process even this afternoon online. 
If you know you're coming back here in the fall, you can go ahead and get it started and just kind of put a little note that like, hey, I'm headed away for the summer, but I want to pick this back up um, when I come back from the fall, you know, in the fall semester. And that'll get you several steps ahead, you know, even right now. And then um, when you get back in the fall, you'll, you'll already be that far ahead. But you might be thinking, hey, the membership process takes a little while, and I really want to serve now, and I'm staying here for the summer, and so I'm going to start that process, but uh, what would you say to do? I would say seek to meet more formal needs right here in Boundless. Seek to meet those more formal needs, and I say formal because, I mean, there's like kind of, there are practical needs that are, I don't know, I don't know if formal is the right category, uh, but less formal or informal would be kind of the ones that you just you find out on your own as you're sitting next to your friends or whatever. These are more formal needs that like some of us leaders know about. And the semester's over at this point, you know, and the things like the, the Boundless Band or the Thursday Snacks, those things take a break uh, over the summer, but um, we're still going to be brewing coffee on Sunday mornings, and I'm sure Isaac and David, he's giving me the, he's giving me the, heads, the, the head nod here, could use some help. Um, so if coffee's your thing, or you maybe want to start a pour-over ministry? <laughs> Beyond that, if there's anything that, you know, like Rich and Christy are all are very, very, have a pulse on a lot of the needs here at the church, you know, even in, within the office, if you want to come in and volunteer, do some of those things, that'd be helpful. Rich has a big yard uh, and could love to have some mowing. He didn't tell me to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and say that, all right? Um, we're going to be at his house. If you're going to be enjoying his pool... Maybe you help him maintain it, right, over the summer. He's a busy guy. So point being, you know, I definitely I don't want you lingering around as a non-member, okay? But if you happen to find yourself as a non-member in the process of joining our church, here's some practical ways that you can get involved, all right? You can meet these, bound, these boundless needs right here formally. But once you do become a member, I want to encourage you to find an area that has the most pressing needs and sign up for a formal responsibility or commit to something formal outside of boundless. Commit to something, some responsibility. And now this is where it gets good because people sometimes are gun-shy to take responsibility in the church, especially younger, younger people. And after a series like this, you might be tempted to think, what if I, what if I get locked into something I'm not gifted at? And you're like, oh, no, you know, this could be bad. Um, well, even if you do, that'll be a valuable lesson. I've done lots of things here at this church that I'm not gifted at. Um, currently doing a few of them right now, actually. But everybody's like, what is he doing? <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right, but see, here's the cool thing. is the Lord in his kind providence guides us in our steps, right? He's, he ordains all things, and he's with us in our, in our planning and in, in, in the practical steps we take, even if we think we might not be suited for the tasks that we are assigned. You know, if we're saying, hey, I just want to meet a need. Now, quick little story to encourage you. Okay, I came to Timberlake, I don't know how many years ago, a while back now, um, and I came... Uh, a friend had introduced me to the ministry, and I was eager to get trained at Expositors. I heard about it. And so I, I jumped in, you know, typical seminary student. I'm like, got the gift of teaching, you know. I'm going to use my gift of teaching. And, but it was like, hey, i got to just figure out where the needs are. So I jumped in to kids' ministry. 
not as a teacher, right? More as like a chaperone. And uh, got way in over my head because I was like fresh out of college, no kid experience. So just kind of just getting kids safely from one place to the next and just trying to do crowd control. Pretty soon, you know, teacher didn't re-up, and they needed a teacher for one of those classes, and they were thinking, hmm, here's a seminary guy. Let's, let's put him in that. Never really taught that many kids before, so I jumped in there, started working on that, got tapped. They needed somebody to take over then, you know, in the following summer and develop a children's program for the summer. Never done that before, but hey, they asked me to do it because I was already involved and I was already doing stuff. That let me, that helped me get to know the families of the church. I was teaching a lot in the kids' ministry, and then that led, you know, then there was a then there was a vacancy in an adult Sunday school class while I was still in seminary. And it was actually kind of funny. We joke about this now. It was the young marriage class, and I had just gotten married. Yeah, it was how desperate they were. And I was like, Pastor Brown was like, Hey, we'll change the name of it. We won't make it the young marrieds, but could you, you know, could you lead this class? And I was like, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try. So we jumped in there. That became the Koinonia Sunday school class. And just trying to meet needs, right? Like trying to do, I felt way out of my element, you know, doing some of these things. But it was in God's providence the way that, the, the way that he worked. And because I'd been teaching, you know, and had that adult Sunday school class experience after about four years of that, I'd finished seminary, then the church brought me on full time as a vocational pastor. So before that, I was just working a normal job and teaching and shepherding and doing those, doing those things. So my point is, is just that's how it works. The Lord continues to work in his providence, and he helps us hone our gifts over time and just kind of identify as we're, as we're serving in wherever the needs are. And so what, has our most, what, what are the most pressing needs now, right, in this formal ministry area? Check our time here. All right, any guesses? Just told you, yeah. Children's ministry probably is one of the most pressing. Now, I know many of you serve in that capacity already, um, but if you're going to be here this summer and you don't have a formal area, I would strongly, I would strongly uh, encourage you to consider serving in our, our, our kids' ministry. Um, there's lots of opportunities, as those of you who serve know. You know, there's like music opportunities, there's teaching opportunities, there's chaperoning, and if you're, what's that? VBS is coming this summer. Uh, lots of options there. So, yes, if you're here that summer, that's great. If you like administration, man. Guess how many volunteers Pastor Matt coordinates a month? 70, at least. That's a minimum. I'm giving you a lowball estimate because I don't want to, like, oversell it. But it's at least 70 people a month he coordinates. Schedules, finds replacements for if they can't. So there's a lot of admin work that goes on there, a lot of leadership. And even if you're headed away for the summer, let me just dial in here, Okay. If you're headed away for the summer, and, but you're interested in, in helping with the kids next year in the fall, even if you're in process in membership, go ahead. I'm going to p- pass a sheet around in a moment. I want you to go ahead and sign up. Put your name down. And I want you to, to at least volunteer to say, hey, I will be open to helping the kids in the fall when we get back. One of the things, my, one of my goals for this next fall is to work with Matt pretty closely and get those Sunday morning children's Sunday schools covered. Uh, there's there likely be some ministry changes happening in the fall. You'll hear more about those once we make the decisions. But that's going to open up some new opportunities for serving. And so what this is going to look like is it's only going to be once a month during the Sunday school hour. 
So it'll be like you can catch up Boundless online, right? You can, you can catch the message you missed, but you'll be here most of the time in Boundless. But there's a rotating serving option to kind of take care of some of these Sunday schools. And it's a great way to get more connected to the church as a whole and especially to the families of the church. So a number of you talk, how do I get more connected? How do I serve? I'm telling you, this is the way to do it, okay? I don't want to give you like a thousand options. Like I, I want to say this is, this is a great place to get involved and really meet very, very practical needs in the church right now. And another pressing need, I'm just going to give you one more, especially, well, particularly for those people who are here this summer, is on the Building and Grounds team with Jim Warner. Okay? Jim approached me just last Sunday, and he asked me if we could get some folks together to do some basic yard work, okay? like weeding, trimming bushes, those kinds of things over the summer. It's, he's getting older. He's like, it's hard for me to bend over now. Um, he's like, I would need some, need some help. So I told him we could. Okay? So you've got to bail me out here. <laughs> I need you. If you're going to be here this summer and you've got an hour or two to spare, it's not going to be, a, I mean, it's just whatever time you have available, right? Let's get you and Jim connected. So sign up here on this, on this sheet here, and um, you and your friends at Boundless kind of maybe get a, get a couple of you together, do it together. Um, that would be sweet. You could have some fellowship and get some stuff done. So... Um, so I'm going to pass this around here. Uh, just take your time with it. Let me click so you can see what it's going to be. So you're going to have your name, right, in the one column. Just go ahead and write your cell phone down, and this is just for texts. So this, they could text you, uh, especially for the building and grounds thing. But if you're going to be here this summer with the building and grounds, just check, check one of these. Like, check, yes, I'll be here for the summer. Yes, I'm interested in, in helping out with that. And if you want to help out with kids in the fall, check that as well. And again, you don't have to be a member, I mean, you do have to be a member to serve, but you don't have to be a member to indicate interest. So this is going to go to those ministry leaders. This will go to Matt. If you're in the kids, if you're interested in kids, that'll go to Matt. If you're interested in building and grounds, that'll go to Jim. And then they will follow back up with you at some point. Jim probably sooner than Matt, okay? Um, if you're already serving in kids, don't worry about signing up. They already know that you're interested in that, so... This is just for folks who, who aren't, really, aren't really involved yet and they want to be. All right? Beyond that, there's a lot. we have a lot of other ministry teams at the church. I just want to make you aware. We call them contribute teams. And we should probably rename it because that was like an old name that we gave it a lot of years ago. And uh, you might see it on the website and think, what does that mean, contribute teams? But it's just like service teams, Okay. Many, many of them are led by our deacons, and so I, I'll show you this on our website. If you go to um, the ministries, it's hard to see that, but this is a ministries tab. Go all the way down on that tab, and you click contribute teams. That'll take you to a lot of good information. Um, it'll take you to these, you'll see these teams here. I don't know if you can read those, uh, but those are the list of our, of our teams, current, most of them at least. And then there's a more information part of that part of that page, that you could, you could end, end request more info uh, from them on those, some of those teams. So, I know you can't read them, but we got things like the tech team, so think PowerPoint, visual media, those kinds of things, um, and even back-end computer stuff, uh, messages that are getting uploaded to uh, the website. There's a lot of stuff there. Medical team, um, so if, you're, if that's your thing and you want to serve on a Sunday on a rotation, uh, just being available if somebody goes down, you know, and you can help them. Greeter team, that's pretty self-explanatory. Ushers, again, helping people find their seats. Safety team, 
Um, promotions team, this is more like social media and other th things like that, promotion for events. Uh, music team or the choir. A visitation team, so that involves like going and visiting our shut-ins and uh, maybe even doing some hospital visitation. Um, then there's a social team as well. So just I'm giving you some ideas there. Of, you can go read more about those on the website. And Lord willing, in the fall, we'll be a little more organized with this and maybe kind of give you some options a little bit better and help you see more clearly how to, how to get involved in some of these things. But for now, I just want to get the juices flowing for you. And as you do this, just remember that God's providential hand, right, as you commit to something, God's providential hand is there with you to help you discover and hone in on maybe your particular gifts. And don't think that you can't ever transfer. Like if you do something and it's just not working out or you're doing something over here and you're thinking, wow, this is like really, really meeting a need. Like most of these teams have sort of term limits, you know, and so you'll, you'll serve for a while and then reevaluate. Serve for a while, reevaluate. So don't think you're getting like locked into some indefinite, indefinite post here. All right. And then sixth, got to move quick here, be faithful with the post that you have. Be faithful with the post you have. Sometimes when you're young, you can commit to something in the church, and then you can kind of, it's easy for you to bail out on it. You know, you think like, well, it's just something I'm volunteering for, so I can just, it's not going to be a big deal if I can't cover nursery that night or whatever. Just text Matt an hour beforehand and tell them I can't, you know, I can't come. You know, you get down to the wire, you, you've, you, you, didn't, you didn't plan your time well during the week, right? And it's Sunday night, and you're thinking, oh, I got a big thing, and I got to get it done, and so I'm just going to nix this piece of the church thing that I committed to. Um, or something, there's, there's something fun happening on campus that you didn't know about, and you already committed to the thing at church, and you're thinking, oh, I got to pull out of that thing at church so I can go to the thing at the campus. I would encourage you not to do that. Okay? Take these commitments seriously because you're, be, you're cultivating faithfulness, right? Faithfulness in these opportunities. I'm not saying you can't ever cancel on a ministry thing, but just you want to be cultivating reliability and faithfulness. And it's also tempting to try to serve everywhere, right? You get all fired up about serving and I'll meet needs in church and sign up for everything. And then you end up like, you overcommitted, you double booked, and you're like, uh oh. Uh, now, I, now I'm going to have to let somebody down because of my zeal. I didn't really think this through, and I, I overcommitted. So just careful there. Watch out for those things. But I would just encourage you, be faithful with the responsibility. Bloom where you're planted is sometimes what you'll hear people say that around here, and that's what they mean. Be faithful in the responsibilities that you're in. Then I would also say, number seven, push yourself to test your gift limits. This is sort of a, a caveat to the, my last point there, being faithful. is just That doesn't mean I'm not saying don't push yourself to test your giftings. Don't be afraid of trying something new or stepping up to meet a need when there's no one else that's able to do it. Even if you're way out of your comfort zone or even if it ends up being a flop, okay? At least you know the boundaries, right? And you're thinking, hmm, that's not, I'm not good at that uh, at all. So uh, at least now you can sort of kind of set your limits, right? And finally, as you're serving, don't just serve to be, don't just serve and kind of check the box and say, okay, I did that. But I would say reflect on those various serving opportunities that you've had. Reflect on it. Take some time to think back over how it went and how, particularly you, how, how you contributed, what went well, what didn't. You might consider, you know, as you serve for a little while, go back over the gifts. 
you know, go back over the definitions and see, okay, now that I've got some six months of experience that I didn't have before in the church, I'm going to go back over these gifts and see, as a Lord, have I learned anything about myself as I've met these needs? What doors has the Lord opened for me that, that in his providence that he's opened up and <coughs> a leader, excuse me, a leader has tempted me to, um, to fulfill? What needs have you met? How has the Lord worked through you? What was the most exhilarating part of that serving opportunity for you? What brought the most fulfillment? What was the hardest thing for you to do, right? Like, what, what was, where were the challenges? Where did you see your limitations? So those kinds of things are good reflection questions to, to be asking yourself, but don't just ask yourself, right? Ask those that are closest to you in the church as well. Over coffee, over a meal, or whatever, as you're hanging out. Like, hey, we've served together for a while. Give me your honest feedback. Like, I promise. I won't be defensive. Give me everything you've seen, you've seen good and bad. Like, help, help me evaluate kind of where, where I'm at here. Um, ask your ministry leaders that you've served under or one of the pastors that are closest to you to give you some feedback. Right? Don't be scared of it. That's, gonna, that's how you develop. Point being here, and this is here, is just take some time to reflect after you've served. And then let those lessons, let those things you are learning, let those observations guide you in the next choice you make of where to serve, because that's how you start maximizing. You're saying, okay, out of all these gifts, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good at these areas, and then within those, I think, really, this is where I thrive. So then that's going to be kind of your lens to know, okay, I'm going to maximize, I'm gonna be, be the best hand I can be, because I know I'm a hand, you know, and I'm going to be the best hand I can be. All right, how do we do? We did pretty well. That's quick. Quickest eight points I've ever preached in my life. All right, as we want to wrap, as we wrap up, I want to give you guys, open it up. We've got about 15 minutes. Um, any things you would add if you're rich, Christy, ministry leaders, Mary, mountainous leaders, anything you'd chime in on, supplement, you know, final encouragements, or any questions you have? Yeah, Karen. Yeah, so like things like music, hospitality. Yeah, I would, I would consider hospitality as like in the serving, helping. So that's, hard to, that's a hard question to answer. You know, a lot of people will say the gifts lists are open-ended, which means like there are other gifts. I just, that's going beyond the text. I don't know. Like it's, hard, it's hard for me to kind of come down beyond what the scriptures have, have uh, described. But I think you can find a lot of things like nested within other gifts, like broader, like you mentioned hospitality. Like, yeah, I think that's, that would be within, like, the serving gifts and, uh, or an, an application of that. So that would probably be how I'd, how, I'd, how I'd land there. Yeah, there's lots of things that maybe Scripture doesn't quite address. Um, but I think you could probably nest those within the broader gifts. I think music's kind of harder to know. Is like, that a serving gift? Is that... But there's also sort of sort of natural abilities that you have or experiences that, you know, an unbeliever can have, can be musical, right? So, uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of probably nuance there, but I don't have a lot. I don't have a super clear answer on that. Just get after it. You, all, all of it's fair game for the Lord to use, right, uh, in however you're wired, whether that's a spiritual gift or sort of a, a natural ability that he still gave you, he still created you with. So, yeah, good question. I don't know if that even answered it. Shrek. Okay. All right. Mike.
if nothing stands out in the gifting, how do you encourage that person to maximize the gifts that aren't, aren't quite standing out? Is that kind of the question? Yeah, I mean, maybe push yourself, like, ask people around you. I think there's, there's a lot of due diligence that probably needs to happen. You know, if you're looking at other people and you're kind of starting to envy that, well, that's just, that's unbelief. So we need some mind renewal that, that starts to happen. So a lot of people that are younger can, it's easy to look out at people that have had their whole lives to cultivate their gifts and think, I'm not serving at that capacity. I'm, you know, woe is me, self-pity. When really the, the, the interaction is, I need to pour myself into meeting the needs of others around me. So um, continuing to pour yourself into meeting those needs, I think just over time will continue to help you see, you know, I'm, I'm good at certain things, I'm not good at other things. So I would just say kind of point number one, be patient, but keep zealously pursuing meeting, meeting those needs. Beyond like a specific person, it's really hard to give counsel, right? So what I would do if I was sitting down with that person is like, let me do a deep dive in your life. Like, let me see. Let me ask those people around you, like, where do they see that you're gifted? And now let me find a specific area where you're going to have to hold the line in ministry. And if you fail, people around you are going to feel it. Let me give you specific responsibility and, um, and really push you in that area to take significant. But d- depending on what your gifts are, if you're a serving behind-the-scenes person, that's going to overwhelm you, then may- maybe we triage that differently. But if there's some leadership gifts and it's like, yeah, you need to carry more weight then. Like, let's put more weight on your shoulders and see how you respond. Um, but yeah, I think it would just be finding whatever that might be, wherever there's a need that maybe meets that particular person, you might think they're gifted in a particular area, like let's, let's throw more weight on you and see how you respond. Does that help? Yeah. It's definitely case by case. Hayden? <laughs> wow, that's good. Do you tell do you tell someone like that like, hey, you need to stay in your lane, or do you tell someone like that like, hey, let's work on that because the desire is there, it's something that we should pursue. Yeah, so Hayden's question is basically like if, if somebody is clearly strong in an area, they think they are gifted in another area because they want to be gifted in that area. Um, but they're clearly not gifted in that area, or at least they don't have a lot of, would it be fair to say, like, there's, there's not really much evidence that they're gifted in that area, but they want to. What should you do? How should you counsel them? Do you counsel them to stay, kind of stay in their lane and just keep, like, doing what they're doing, or do you kind of give them opportunities? And I think, again, it's a case-by-case scenario. Um, I've been surprised sometimes, you know, like, a, like in my mind, like, well, that dude doesn't have the gift of teaching, but he really desires to, to do some of that, and he works really hard at it, and the Lord kind of, like, fans that into flame, and the church ends up hiring the guy, and it's, like, it goes really well, you know? He's not the most gifted teacher out there, but, you know, I've definitely been humbled in, in some of those pieces, too. So I just be careful. Just being like, you're not gifted in that area. Um, but at the same time, I do think probably what's more common is out of the fear of man, we don't speak clearly with people about their gifting. It's, like, evident, and we're like, hmm, this is not working. We're just going to keep trying to put that square peg in the round hole, you know. Um, and I say the fear of man, I was, I was kind of indicting. But, I mean, like, we don't like to, to speak clearly and kind of bluntly to people. Just like, hey, this, isn't, this doesn't fit you. I think you're going to be better suited over here. So in that case, it's like more of an evidence of, like, hey, you've tried that or, 
show me some, maybe, maybe better as you could say, instead of giving you extra responsibility when you've not proven yourself that you can lead, let's start like looking at the different, to use your illustration, let's start looking at the different areas that you can be leading right now that's not gonna require any different responsibility and let's, let's figure out how you might be able to work on those things, right, before I give you extra responsibilities because you're not stewarding these in leading, in particular, very well right now. So let's lead yourself. Let's you know, lead those that are around you and your friend groups. Nobody's looking to you as a leader, why not? Um, so th those would be some things maybe in that domain I would, I would encourage. Does that help? Okay. You can, you can tell me no if my answers don't help you. So that, because um, they don't always. I'm trying to be, answer them succinctly so we can have more questions. Yeah. Wow, thanks for helping him raise his hand. Yeah, I like that. I think so. Yeah, his question was if, if is maybe a helpful way to kind of figure out what your gifts are to see like, whoa, I've done all these pitfalls, you know, of this gift. Uh, I, I probably, I would say, yeah, I think, I think so. I think you're just, you're trying to, what I'm trying to do in those things is just kind of gather data for you and say like, maybe you're gifted here if you experience these pitfalls or whatever. But I think, yeah, I think that's a legitimate, legitimate thing. I think lots of times, sometimes, when you, when you see, like, usually, and again, this is totally anecdotal, but usually, like, you see problems in the areas that are like, that needs help. And I see this problem, and what immature people do is they criticize. And what mature people do is they think of solutions, right? And they, and they put themselves out there to try to think about how, how can I maybe, maybe bring a solution, because we, all, we always have those things. But I think that's kind of along the same lines. Um, where it's like, wow, there's this, there's this need or there's this, there's this area that's not being met. So then, yeah, like make that known, but let's think about creatively how could we, if that's a legitimate need and not just a hobby horse, you know, that somebody's wanting to ride, but if it's a legitimate need that needs to be met and it's going unmet, then like, okay, I'm going to look at you and say, how are we going to meet this? Um, so yeah, I think that's a good, another good way. Pitfalls plus like seeing the problems usually are in the areas of your strengths. All right, great question. Does that help? Does that scratch it? Okay. Any more? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So her question was great. Great question. What what place do you do you put like a spiritual gifts test? I think depending on who's giving you the test. Right? I think that's important and kind of knowing like how do they think about the spiritual gifts. So for example, I'm reading a guy with the last name Wagner right now and he is, you know, very much a continuationist and, um, and I think kind of gets a lot of the gifts. I think there's, a, there's errors in some of his definitions of the gifts themselves. Yet I've been helped by him. So I read pretty broadly, right? Uh, he has a questionnaire at the end of his book like a kind of a gifts test kind of thing. And I think, yeah, I mean, something like that could be helpful, but it might, it might start, if, as long as you have a good filter, and that would that, be the first thing I'd say, like take a certain series like this one or one you trust, let that be your grid as you kind of wade into some of these gift tests. I think you can utilize them.
Uh, the other thing I would say is the gift tests almost imply that you can discover your gifts apart from the church, you know, by taking this quiz or whatever. And you just, that's not in Scripture, right? Like what, where, you, where your gifts are honed is in Ephesians 4 is in the context of the body as you're meeting needs, the pastors are equipping you, you're growing to maturity, and you're like meeting needs. Like your gifts are going to come out, like we've been saying. And so it doesn't mean you can't implement some gift tests, so to speak, to help you get clarity, as long as it's situated in that good ecclesiology. Does that make sense? Ecclesiology just means doctrine of the church. Um, if it's situated within that, I think maybe you can, you can implement some of those. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I think I've, I hear people bash gift tests sometimes, and I'm like, ah, it can be a useful analytical tool. I'll probably bash it at some point, you know. Um, but it could be a useful, I think, with a lot of caveats, a useful analytical tool. Yeah, as long as you know the source of it and it's done, kind of carried out in the context of the church. Yeah? How should you approach someone who thinks highly of dreams and prophecy and things like that? Um, what I just do is I will recommend that they listen to the message. And, um, and then I'll say, let's talk about this. So rather than try to, like, hammer out my views with them in a moment. You know, that's just me, though. I try to be economical because if they don't want to go listen to the sermon, then it's probably going to be not, not be as profitable in my conversation with them. And I've got a lot of other sheep that I need to be shepherding. Um, doesn't mean I won't have the conversation, but I was like, hey, Let's go listen to this. Let's talk through it. I will be, I'll be open to kind of talk through some of these things with you. So especially those first sermons on the, um, the foundational gifts. You know, definitely, definitely give them those. Give the, get them access to them and say, if you want to talk through these, I'll be love to sit down with you and talk with these. I think it's dangerous. But, yeah, just do your best as you're trying to wade in there with those folks. Ask them good questions. Listen. Make sure you understand their positions. And then try to, try to do it with an open Bible and kind of reason through the scriptures with them on a, with an open Bible. That's what I would say kind of on the front end without knowing specifics of that scenario. Any follow-ups on that? Okay. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. So his question is, what point do you like outsource gifts, right? Like or outsource needs? That'd be a better way to put it. Outsource needs based on other people you know are maybe more gifted than you in a particular area. Um, I think of it sort of as a, like we're in a war, right? And there's bullets flying, and that guy gets you know your comrade gets shot, and he's bleeding out over there. And you might not, you might like, that guy's bigger than me. He could probably drag that guy a lot better than I could, um, but that guy's gonna bleed out. So I need, to go, I need to go get that guy, you know, and do the best I can. And if somebody else is coming, I just can't, can't, can't pull him. It's like, hey, you know, can you come help me? So I think that's probably a good, without knowing specifics, that's probably a good mentality to have. It's like, I'm going to try to meet needs. And then if, because like in God's providence, he's exposed the need right there to me in front of me. And if it's like, I clearly know, like, whoa, I have no idea what to tell you. Or like, whoa, I'm definitely in, over my head right now. Don't make stuff up, right? Um, definitely don't do that. Like, try to, try to get people that can, that can help. Or if it's a, it's a sin area that you're currently struggling in, um, 
then according to Galatians 6.1, if you're ensnared, you're not the person to be leading out somebody else who's ensnared, right? So that needs, somebody else needs to come along who's not ensnared in that area and help them. So I think those might be some good categories if you're thinking about struggles if somebody kind of comes to you on that, that end. Yeah, good question though. I think you try to meet the need if you can, but if it's like pretty clear to you more immediately that like I don't need to be talking about this or I don't really know what I'm talking about here, uh, let's go elsewhere. Yeah, good question. All right, one more, squeeze it in. Yeah, balance. That's probably longer than we've got. Um, yeah, I think you're going you're gonna to be doing both. Like, in, in my mind, it's like ministering to the church includes the out, outreach side of it, meaning, like, there's elect church members out there that are not yet converted, right? And so as I'm, as I'm serving in the community or, like, trying to reach out to people, um, that's also building up the church because... That's the means by which they're going to come to faith in Christ, right? So I wouldn't create like a false dichotomy between that. Like it's still ministry. It's just a, kind of a, more of an outward focus. And especially if you have certain gifts, mercy, uh, evangelism, things like that that are more outward facing, um, then you're, you might spend a proportionately more amount of your time doing outside work that are helping people come in versus like if you have the gift of shepherding or teaching, then you're going to be like I do. I have to do a lot of my work on the inside of the body, equipping the saints for the work of ministry so they can go out and do the work of ministry. So I think it really just depends on where your gift sets are, opportunities you have. Um, I wouldn't worry about balance as far as like a 50-50. I think you need to be serving in the church. You need to be like helping people come to know Christ within your abilities. But I think wherever you're gifted, you might gravitate toward one or the other. You need to have them both. Like I I can't just be like, I don't have the gift of shepherding, so I'm not going to evangelize, you know, ever. Uh, or care about that, that's got to be on my heartbeat, and i got to be thinking outwardly as well. But the gifts are going to kind of shape. And as you grow, you're going to see, okay, man, I'm really useful in this area, so I'm going to kind of limit myself to some of these opportunities. Um, I don't know, does that help? Okay, yeah, great question. Let's wrap it up. Uh, if you're going to be here this summer, great. We can keep, keep the conversation going. Um, but we gotta, we got to pivot and head to the main service. All right, you're dismissed. Yes?